Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We've got Phil Steele tomorrow for some insights on college football. Today, though, Tony Knopp, Business of Sports. And last time we had him on, he had a whole lot to say about what could we can see in these next couple Olympic games. And, of course, things have definitely changed mightily now with no fans and Japan under a state of emergency. So I'm curious to see what Tony has next and how this affects things for the IOC. So he's coming up at 4.06 today. Plus, I'm sure we'll talk a little All-Star game, the Derby last night. They had a full crowd there last night. And the good old NBA TV ratings that he and Steve always like to get into. But speaking of the All-Star game last night, I know I had said on the show yesterday... Shohei Otani needed to have a big week, a big couple of days here for baseball because of everything that they've been through this year negatively. But that was a great night for baseball regardless. That was a fun, fun derby last night between the epic battle between Otani and Juan Soto, Trey Mancini, his run to the final, and of course his his story coming back from cancer. Pete Alonso himself put on a show, 35 homers, beating Josh Hamilton's record in the first round, and then him winning the way he did against Mancini in the final. Trevor Story had a little bit of a run, too, The obviously the hometown kid. So that, that was a fun time last night. Every round was competitive, Steve. like I really thoroughly enjoyed that derby last night. I didn't watch it. But, <laughs> uh... I knew that was coming. Well, I just I didn't. I, I knew that was coming. I, 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 did I see? Let's see. I saw. <laughs> I saw Mancini take like five swings. I saw Soto take maybe a dozen. I saw Otani take five or six. I saw Alonso take none. Story take none. Bunch of them. Um. But uh, your Yankees got a little Penn State flavor today. Yes, they did. It took Bailey D's. Yeah, I'm excited about it. 
Yeah, the Bailey D's. Uh, let's see, four Penn State players were selected. Yesterday, Connor Larkin got selected by the Blue Jays. Justin Williams was selected by the third baseman, was selected by the Houston Astros. Uh, let's see, Kyle Verbitsky was selected by the Oakland A's, and Bailey D's was selected by the Yankees. Four State College spikes got picked. We mentioned yesterday Chase Watkins was a ninth-round pick of the Chicago Cubs. Today, Andrew Moore was selected in the 14th round by the Seattle Mariners. Damiano Parmigiani was selected in the 14th round by the Toronto Blue Jays. And Kenny Piper was taken in the catcher, was taken in the 18th round by the Tampa Bay Rays. So four spikes were taken. So there you go. Yeah, good day for Happy Valley yesterday. Yeah, and today. I mean, today, today, too, because the the draft continued today. And, yeah, um, I'm glad you enjoyed the home run derby. That's really neat. (laughs) Thank you. Really. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the Summer Classic tonight. Uh, I'll probably be in the. I'll probably watch the first two innings, and then that probably will be it. It has nothing to do with anything. It just it doesn't have any. I guess what the two pirates are starting. Yes, believe it or not. Okay, that tells you the value of it. All right. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Okay, so this team can't win, like, any games, but they got two starters in the All-Star game. So two of the nine starting spots are the Pirates. Hey, they're good players. I mean, Reynolds is a good player, and obviously Frazier is a good player. Frazier won't be a Pirate by the end of the month. Oh, well. We got Tony Knopp today. Um, Phil Steele will be tomorrow. Um, Raven Sample, track and field tomorrow. And uh, also, we got Neil Kulong today. And Neil at 335. The uh, U.S. basketball team lost again to Australia. Um, it's interesting. It's the comment that was made by Greg Popovich afterward when he was done arguing with the media. And he talked about... Uh, he indicated that we're not really in great shape physically. What? They just finished the season. How can you be out of shape? If anything, they might be tired from playing the season. Yeah. Majority of them were, right. in, were at deep playoff runs, but out of shape? What? We're <laughs> uh, not really in great game shape right now. Like, you're not in great game shape. 
Okay. I, I sit back and I just I, sh- I shake my head. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. It's holy mackerel. Oh, well, it's... Uh... And not only that, Steve, Popovich's comments were actually wrong. Because if you remember from... If you remember from the gold medal game against Serbia a couple years ago, U.S. beat them by 30. Right. Look, I, I don't know. He's... He spends a lot of time, to be honest with you, he spends a lot of time, you know, lecturing the media. Yeah, he's a curmudgeon. um, Do I think he's a really good coach? Yes. Um, Other than that, I don't, you know, just answer the basketball questions, that's your job. You don't need to lecture me on other things. If I want a lecture, I'll pay to go see the lecture. Um, but he gets into arguments with people all the time. Now, I don't know what the reporter was saying to him, because there's actually several like stretches when you watch the press conference where the reporter is doing the talking. And... You're asking yourself, okay, what's he saying? You know, what's the reporter? I couldn't tell. Um, I couldn't tell what the reporter was saying to him. I I know it had to deal with you know these are teams that you used to blow out, and you you know and now you're losing to them. And he's saying, no, we did not blow them out. And he's got a point. I mean, he does have a point. Um, about that. You know, most of these games were good competitive games. But, look, the game internationally has changed. I mean, the talent level's changed. Australia's become really good. Uh, China's got a good basketball team. Spain does. Lithuania does. Serbia does. Argentina does. And And nobody knows this better than Greg Popovich, my goodness. When they won with the Spurs... His big three happened to be Tim Duncan, Wake Forest, but through the Virgin Islands, Mano Ginobili, Argentina, Tony Parker, France. His last title off the bench, he had Patty Mills from Australia. Patty Mills hurt the U.S. last night. He scored 22. So, I mean, he does understand. If anybody understands how far the international game has come, it's him. He's won titles because of the international game. Um, but they got a long way to go here. I mean, last night they lost by eight. Uh, you go back to the 2019 World Cup, the U.S. finished seventh in the World Cup. That means the U.S. has now lost internationally four of its last five games. 
Australia's now beaten them two times in a row. I mean, last night, let's see, he said last night, I thought we got better tonight, Popovich said. After a short time together, there's a lot of things that have to be covered. I mean, Lillard's on this team, he had 22 last night. Durant's on this team, he had 17. But he says in the second half, they're running out of gas. Now again, this is this is part of the issue you do have when you play these teams internationally. The the teams internationally are together for a long period of time. The U.S. just kind of throws the team together, expects the talent to win out, and then that's it. They don't do a very good job at developing teams. We'll take a break. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 1115 Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Oh, good. You know, let me let me also answer that question. You know, you asked the same sort of question, the same family of question last time, uh, where you assume things that are not true. When you just mentioned, you know, blowing these teams out, that's never happened. So I don't know where you get that. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish my statement? Can I can I finish my statement? When you talk, you just told me that it's not true, and I'm telling you your average. Are you going to let me finish my statement or not? So you'll be quiet now while I talk, and then I'll listen to you. When you make statements about in the past just blowing out these other teams, number one, you give no respect to the other teams, and I talked to you last time about the same thing. We've had very close games against four or five countries in all these tournaments. So the good teams do not get blown out. There are certain games that might happen in one of the tournaments in the World Championship, the Olympics, where somebody gets blown out. But in general, 
nobody's blowing anybody out for the good teams. So when you make a statement like that, it's like you assume that's what's going on. And that's incorrect. So much fun dealing with somebody who has the ability to suck all the life out of the room. Um, I mean, it's not as if he didn't make a point there. But if you hear the reporter in the background, the reporter in the background is actually using some facts about margin of victory. Whoever the reporter happened to be. But they're not off to a good start. They aren't playing good basketball. Yeah, we got better. Ah, you got now the US is in a little different spot because of the season for the NBA. It's not as if okay, we got this team together and we're gonna be together for a month and try and you know, really formulate a team concept here. They're trying to do it in a short period of time. I mean Durant, I mean, just finished playing up, you know, and so did Lillard not long ago as two examples and they also have three guys that are supposed to be on this team and are in the NBA finals but look I mean if the NBA is supposed to be the most talented league in the world they should be a little bit better than that alright uh, you see uh, what Rob Manfred said about baseball rules today yeah I was a little surprised by that actually at least the seven-inning uh, rule with the double-headers. Well, no, they're both, they're both common sense. No seven-inning double-headers and extra innings, uh, they're going to play the games out. They're going to go back to the way baseball was played. Nine-inning double-headers. Look, you have the ability in Major League Baseball you know, to talk about, you know, we did this for health reasons and blah, 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 whatever, okay? But you have the ability now with your, with your AAA team we're okay. I had to use X amount of pitchers in, in, in two nine-inning games, a doubleheader. You can call up five pitchers from your AAA team. I mean, you have the ability to do that. So that's not an issue. And then putting the runner on second. Uh, in minor league baseball, I'm for that because, look, it shortens the game. But this is major league baseball. It's a reason why it's called the major leagues. You play the game out. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show presented by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great. Great new inventory. The best. And not only that, but also fabulous pre-owned inventory. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at the sunburymotors.com. All right, the draft is over. The Yankees improved themselves with 
Bailey D's. I mean, other than that, their draft was a bust. I have no idea who they drafted. So <laughs> I know. Well, idea. based on reports, I know they don't have the top ten draft. The Pirates are third for most experts right now. I think. Who knows? Whatever that means. I mean, it's like that means nothing. I mean, you won't even know for five years if anybody drafted well. Apparently, the Pirates have drafted four of the top thirty top prospects. That's adorable. <laughs> it's like good. They should have. They had the first pick. In Whatever every it's round. worth, just finding that silver lining for pirate fans if they still they care. The, they had the first pick <laughs> in every round. I mean, I would hope they had the best draft. <laughs> Valid. I mean, I would think the Dodgers had the worst draft. They drafted last in every round. All right. Yeah, as I mentioned this once, I mentioned this a thousand times. My biggest problem with the Pirates organization, now it's not Ben Charrington. He's only been there a short period of time, so let's be fair. But they've been outdrafted over the years by teams that drafted behind them. Right? Yeah. I mean, Sam, I mean, they could have drafted Aaron Judge. They could have drafted Gary Sanchez. They could have drafted Mookie Betts. They could have, you know, they could have drafted Mike Trout. They've been outdrafted by people. They've done a much better job of evaluating talent than they have. They could have drafted all those guys. Could have drafted Andrew Benintendi. There's a lot of guys they could have drafted. All right, let's talk about a little Steeler football here. Let's bring in the man that gets it done. Joins us every week, Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. Pleasure, as always. As always, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, so they say he's in the best shape of his life. Uh, my question to you is what took him so long? Um, I think I think what we hear usually as, as far as the, the shape that he's in is relative to, to who's uh, typically talking about it. And oftentimes it's not local media, it's not named sources uh, close to Ben. It's usually an unnamed source from somebody that doesn't cover Ben on a, a, a week-in, week-out basis. Now, I'm not trying to be that guy, you know, doubt every reporter unless they're there every single right. day. But I just mean that it, perhaps it's possible this reporter is this year's target to spread the story that, you know, those in the media and fans that are that – are, um, following the team intently here every year. Um, nothing in that was original. I mean, I, I've heard all of that before. It was dating back. I remember, I, I think he had just turned 32, and people were talking about he's getting up there in years, and he's really dedicating himself to fitness and this and that. It's like, all right, well, you, you watch him in training camp, and really you get him out of pads, and we, we see pictures of this at minicamp. Um, he is, he's lankier than he is bulky. He's not. He, he's he's a bigger guy for sure, but right. he, he doesn't look as as chunky as people make him out to be all the time. He, he's in good shape. Um, yeah, he's up there in years, and certainly I think physical fitness and, and health are, are important. And it's good to hear that. Um, apparently, again, um, he's dedicating himself to these things. I'm just saying that you know overall, he does this every year. It's almost like he's a professional athlete. You know, <laughs> this is what they do. Um, it, it's not 
Ben's fault or Ben's party's fault that the media want to make this out to be more than it is. They're they're spreading, um, I think, you know, positive information. But I, I would just say this: Ben's issues over the years has never really been uh, how he started physically. It's how he's ended. Um, keeping him healthy and certainly fitness, uh, health, and all that, or his nutrition is going to be a big part of that. But guys crashing down into his knees doesn't matter you know how much fat you take in, in you know, right. the, the preseason um, if, if that's going to happen to you you're not going to be as effective of a player if you can even play at all so it, it's with Ben it's going to be over a, a 17 game schedule it's going to be uh, how upright they can keep him how many hits he's going to take um, and how quickly he can get rid of the ball uh, along with the offense being um, you know hopefully for their sake uh, more productive than, than we saw at the end of last season so it, it's definitely you know a factor. I think I, I wouldn't ignore it, but I, I don't think it's anything new either. And they're they're going to make it out to be like this is the first time it's gotten through to him that he needs to do that. He, he's always been like that. I just don't think he's been as uh, forthcoming with it as somebody like a Tom Brady who's in you know phenomenal shape. I'm, I'm not downplaying him at all. Right. Um, it's just not every way is for everybody. And I think Ben has done his part to. Uh, to, to keep himself um, healthy and, and ready to play at the start of every season. Now what about the story about you know, under the category of, hey, let's really think a lot, all right, that he tips his plays. It's like the pitcher who tips his pitches. Does he tip his plays? I think it, it, it's interesting because this is what I was thinking. This, this comes in wake of all the baseball stuff uh, with the Astros and uh, sign stealing and things like that. Um we're naturally going to think that this is some gigantic takeaway that every team is going to figure out and then be able to just completely dominate the Steelers' offense. Um, one, the camera angle in which the, the original uh, author, if you want to call him that, over uh, all of this uh, is looking at all 22 camera or at the very least uh, media camera uh, on the line of scrimmage where you're, you're seeing both teams in half of, of the screen. Right. No defender has that perspective. Um, your coaches could see that, but they have to radio it in down onto the field. Yep. And if the radio mics are cut off at seven seconds on the play <laughs> clock, uh, Ben rarely snaps the ball before three seconds left. Yep. And he doesn't do any of these things until the ball is about to be snapped. So yep. I, I, that isn't to say that there's not some kind of advantage. There's not something that a player couldn't have picked up on at some point. I just wonder how valuable that really is and if it was you'd think the Steelers would average you know six points a game uh, mostly scored from their defense and their special teams right. they, they would be able to largely dictate uh, what they're doing I would say um, Ben probably wasn't the only one giving away their run plays if you want to look at production as, as a, a ultimate um, you know piece of evidence to, to show whether this works or not um, they're not. They haven't been able to run the ball for a while. You know, maybe that's a part of it. I can't say that it isn't. Um, I just know, speaking to a lot of people that play at that level, you look for those things as individuals, not so much as um, a, a, a team. And I would think the guys that would have the best benefit to that would be the defensive linemen who are in three and four point stances with right. centers in front of them, with Ben seven feet away or at seven yards away. In, in shotgun, I don't think they're able to pick up the, the angle that we're all looking at and disseminating. 
Uh, that that isn't to say that there's not stuff that that Ben probably needs to clean up. Um, I might wonder, uh, just from a, a, a balance and efficiency standpoint, um, as a guy, and he, this is this is public information. He's admitted this. He's got arthritis in both of his knees. Right. Um, if it's not something that makes his his first step back, which is the really important step when you you take your uh, take your drop, even in shotgun, um, if there isn't something that kind of saves his knee a little bit in in doing that. Um, which is why his foot is up when he's going to pass. I, I could see that being an issue. Um, again, it, it might be a tell, but I don't think it does You know, it, as much as people think that it would do. I don't think safeties can see that from that distance, not accurately. No. Um, there are a lot of things that go into it. That, uh, you know, I, it, They've been productive enough as an offense, and certainly they've had problems. Um, at, at various times, as you know, most offenses do. But it, if it was that big of a deal, I think it either would have been changed or they would have been shut down completely for, for a lot longer than uh, what we've seen from a Hall of Fame quarterback like that. Well, I see, this, is, this has always been my issue with this, whether it's baseball or whether it's football. To me, the entire deal is about execution. You go, okay, it's going to be a pass play. Okay, so I've got half of it figure, figured out. But you don't know what pass plays they're running. Right. Okay? Yeah. They, uh, I know it's going... To me, that's exactly it. I know it's going to be a slider. You have no idea what the location of the slider is going to be. I, 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 you that, that, see where the ball is. I mean, and just, you, you've got to, you knowing that it come, is coming is going to help it, you, but it's not as if the Astros all of a sudden batted 600 or anything. Right. I mean, it, it, it helps. It's not everything. It's not even close to everything. Exactly. It's a, look, okay, so instead of sitting fastball, I'm sitting on another pitch. But you have no idea where they're going to throw the pitch. And there's, there's so much more to this that nobody just thinks about. They just go with the low-hanging fruit, simple answer every time. It's just, it's, it's what makes this job hard. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's like, stop with the low-hanging fruit. Well, you have to think your way through the game a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, it, honestly, if they have the ability to point this out like it's a video game and that that's going to solve everything, uh, the results that we've seen um, over the years would have been far more stark than, than they have yeah. been. Right. Um, can it help? Yes. An edge rusher that is, is you know going hard off the edge, if he happens to see that and knows that a pass is coming, then really he just isn't playing the run. But you can do that anyway. I right. mean, not every defense has uh, ends handle that gap against the run. They have linebackers that spill over, so there can always be a presence in the backfield and, and try to alter the, the path of the running back if they do run. So I, I don't think a lot of it is really as big a deal as, as people are making it out to be. And exactly what you said, um, he's going to throw the ball. That doesn't mean it's short, long. Uh, right. You know, He's not throwing a quick screen. He's not going to drop four more steps after that and throw deep. Um, it, it, it doesn't help. And I'll say this. We're looking at from what twenty call it twenty thirteen through twenty seventeen, one of the most prolific quarterback and wide receiver combinations ever was Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Yep. If Ben was tipping a pass play, it, it didn't seem to matter very much. Um, he caught most of what was thrown right. at him. He was highly prolific, and Roethlisberger had the best numbers of his career. Uh, a lot of times too, I don't think it would have mattered if the other team knew they were going to pass right. the ball. Not to mention. 
this team has thrown two-thirds of the time anyway. So right. uh, it's a pretty good bet they're going to pass the ball most of the time. I, I, I don't know how much it really gave a defense. Uh, this, this feeds a lot into, well, it, it, it's, it's a tell that they're giving them or they know exactly what they're going to do. You can't play cheats like that much in the NFL because if you are, the offensive coordinator is going to see it and they have dummy plays to do what you think they're going to do and have them go in a different direction. That's usually what a quarterback is audibling into. So right. all of these things, it, it, it sounds nice in social media, and I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to say it doesn't exist and, and, and right. be blasé about everything. But the reality is I, it's not as big an advantage as people think that it is. It's, you know, there was a time we would say he's in shotgun. We know they're passing the ball. Sure. And I don't think we're that far off of that either. Certainly you can still hand off, but it's a draw, which is not you know, typically your, your best – um, uh, from a, a, a technical standpoint, that's not your best run position anyway. Uh, that's what you're going to do if you run the ball out of shotgun. And notice how all of this is Ben and shotgun. It's not Ben under center. Right. Um, we'll probably see Ben and shotgun plenty this year too. And I'll bet that they're going to they'll they'll find ways to run the ball certainly more than they have been because I think they'll be more successful with it. But it, it, it's not giving away the entire offense. They're they're not you know wasting possession after possession with this. Well, I want to get to Anthony Ciccolo here in a moment, but I will say this. Think of all the time that you've seen Ben or other veteran quarterbacks in the two-minute drill. Uh, what are they doing in the two-minute drill? Oh, they're passing it on almost every down, which means the defense knows they are passing it on every down. It's about execution. It's not about tipping plays. Okay, just, You are exactly right. To add to that, too, the Steelers work out of a silent count, yep. which is literally the guard tapping the, the center of when it's time to move the ball. And right. if that's not the most obvious thing in the world, you exactly. see teams exploit that. It, it's, it's not as easy as that. These things move a lot faster sure. than, than people think that they do. And remember, the guys you're facing, right? no offense... <laughs> <laughs> the whole bunch that are just trying to react on every play. They're not trying to... <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, uh, Anthony Chicklow, age of 28, uh, former Steeler, stepped aside. What was your thought when you saw that? I, honestly, I'm, I'm not even making this up. My honest thought was, considering the timing of it, when I saw it, it was Anthony Ciccolo is a great example of a guy that's not going to be able to do anything differently if he knows what Ben Roethlisberger is going to do. He doesn't have the ability to change his game because of that. Um, as far as, as Chick as a player, um, he was a good special teams player. I think he was a, a, a reserve outside linebacker. Um, he, he made a pretty nice career for himself, if you, if you look at him. He was a, a former six-round draft pick. He was a defensive end in college. Um, you you got good run for the dollar out of a guy like Chicolo. Um, he was liked in the locker room, um, versatile. He he bailed the team out a couple times. Um, keep in mind, I mean, you know, there, there was there was a time before um, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt were selected in 2015 and 2017 that this team had no hope at outside linebacker except for the constant re-signing of James Harrison. Uh, that's, that's all they had. Uh, Ciccolo fit in in that time and probably got more snaps on defense than, than he might have gotten uh, with a lot of other teams. But he was a guy who, who he played the game the way he needed to play mm -hmm. it. Uh, he learned a new position, which I can't say enough uh, how difficult that is to do. 
when you're hanging by a thread on the roster anyway because to, in order for him to overcome the knowledge difference and overcome kind of a physical difference, he was a decent athlete, not a, not a fantastic one, but without the polish going into uh, his pro career of, of, of standing up and playing an outside gap the way that they had him play, without any of that, he's way behind the eight ball unless he's an outstanding special teams player. And you know this. Just, just through your daily work, you know the stars of a college team are not playing on special teams at any point in, in their careers. So a guy like Ciccolo, who's a six-round draft pick from a big school, he might have chased kicks his freshman year, but that, that's it. You know, they, they don't know the nuances of how to play special teams. They don't know everything that goes into it. It's, it's a lot more complicated than, than people uh, want to know about because it's not particularly glamorous or interesting, but there's a lot that goes into kick coverage and as a rookie if you come in and you can own that if you can justify a spot on your team that your, your special teams coach can count on you to do these things you can earn a roster spot and the Steelers have believed in that year in and year out I know uh, Vince Williams that's how he made the team to begin with as, as messed up as 2013 was right. uh, defensively for the Steelers Larry Foote goes down in, in the third quarter I think of week one and the Steelers all of a sudden had a, a starting choice between a, a rookie sixth-round pick and an undrafted second-year guy. And Williams eventually – Williams was the starter in week two because Williams could play special teams. It, it's a key trait to have. And Ciccolo, to his credit, and I know that I, I'm probably speaking longer on Anthony Ciccolo than anybody else has in his life, <laughs> but it, it's, he established himself as a guy that they can count on as a pro – He's going to go in and learn everything he needs to learn. And he extended his career beyond his rookie contract because of that. It wasn't just with the Steelers either. He played for a year with the Saints. Granted, you know, that, that's uh, primarily a, a backup and special teams role, but him retiring now is really more like, well, the market's just isn't there for me. You know, time's up. I'm sure that that's, that weighed into to his decision. But um, you, you like to see uh, – I mean, the Steelers are, are known for this. You like to see six-round draft picks have six, seven-year careers. You know, yeah. they get to tack on from their rookie contract, playing through their entire rookie contract, which isn't common um, overall across the league. But uh, he's, he's one of the rare guys that was able to do that. You, you tip your hat to him. You'll remember the name, not as an exceptional player, but a guy who was around for a, probably a lot longer than you thought he would have been. I always admire people that are able to keep their career alive. And that you know, and that's the vast majority of the league. That's the vast majority of the NBA. Guys who have the ability to keep their career alive. Oh well, hey, he's a journeyman. He's on his fifth team. Uh, excuse me, he's drawing checks. Career alive. That, those are the guys I admire that that really have the ability to do that. Keep keep their value in a lot of ways. A lot like you do with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I am the staying power of a, a veteran linebacker. I want to write that one down. Please. I'm, uh, I'm going to use that in my next contract negotiation. Tell them I said it. <laughs> I'm going to. You're the, you're the quote. You are the, the, the source <laughs> itself. My friend, thanks so much. Great to have you with us. Definitely. Thanks for having me. That is Neil Kulong. All right, Tony Knopp, next half hour. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.